Good evening, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to episode 39 of the Matt and Matt Uskale Trains podcast. I am one of your hosts, Johnny Nugent, and with me are my friends and co-hosts. Matt Zuzuha. And Matt Rochford. How do you guys feel about being in the passenger seat and letting someone else drive? That was really weird having you say your name last, Matt. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> that was really weird. I'm fine with it. I was taking a nap back here, so <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're we're putting Matt in the the back where I'm taking over. No, um, so the reason for flipping things on their head today is that we're putting our hosts in the hot seat and making them answer the tough questions they normally make everyone else answer. But before we get into that, I'll hand the reins back over to Matt R to go over our normal housekeeping items. All right. Well, thank you, Johnny. And as always, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, YouTube, and Amazon Music. And once again, I'd like to mention our Discord server, which is, I believe, over 120 members now. Uh, We are definitely growing every day, and this is a public Discord, so anyone can join. Uh, You do have to acknowledge that you've read the rules since we are a community server. Uh, We have a great group of moderators who always make sure that folks are treated with respect and keep our community safe. I will place a link in the in the show notes for our Discord. All you have to do is click on it. You will be added to the server. You can introduce yourself and start chatting away. Another item, of course, is our merchandise. So did you always want to have to wake up in the morning and drink out of a Matt and Matt podcast coffee mug? I do. And it wakes me up even better. Or how about like a Matt and Matt sweatshirt? or a Matt and Matt t-shirt. I mean, you can get anything you want pretty much with the Matt and Matt logo on it. Uh, so if you want to head over to uh, the link I will put in the show notes, uh, you can choose from a variety of products with our logo. And if you use our merch code, M-A-M-P-O-D, you will get 10% off. Before we start, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Trains.com. If you are looking for a great deal on used and new model railroading products and want top-notch service, then please head over to trains.com where they have over 120,000 products with new ones added every day. You can also sign up for their newsletter to see newly listed and newly discounted products and receive advance notice of upcoming promotions. Now, I've been using trains.com myself as well as my co-hosts, and we highly recommend them to our listeners. Now, if you're like us and you're always on the lookout for your next engine, join the Trains Rewards program to earn points on every purchase and unlock future discounts. And if you're an avid collector and want first dibs on new items, sign up for the private car membership to get early access to new listings, earn five points per dollar spent, and unlock great benefits like no questions asked returns. Now, guys, don't forget that uh, you'll need parts to keep your engines and cars operating smoothly. And to do this, Trains has a collection of 15,000 plus parts available on their website for any item you may need. And also, if you're interested in downsizing your collection or know someone who is unfortunately leaving the hobby, Trains also buys collections. So head over to sellmytrains.com to get a quote. And Trains makes it easy to sell your collection. Now, if you do plan on buying from them, please use our affiliate link, which is www.trains.com MMOP. You can also use our unique one-time promo code, MMOP, for $10 off a single purchase on the Trains.com website.
Thank you so much, Matt. And I will take the reins back over. And now let's put our hosts in the hot seat. Now, we've been doing quite a few interviews for the past couple episodes, and they are so much fun to do. But we've had a lot of folks join us here at the Matt and Matt Osco podcast. We're new listeners, and they may not know who we are or what we're into or what aspects of the hobby really excite us. So I thought it'd be a great idea for us to ask our co-host our Matt and Matt about their history in the hobby, what led them to where they got here today, and go over some of our favorite memories that we've experienced these past couple of years. So without further ado, let's roll to the first question, which is a classic. Uh, Matt and Matt, when and who got you started in model railroading? Uh, I'll open up to both of you and feel free to chime in whenever. My grandparents and my father got me started in model railroading, and it was HO is where I started. And I remember getting one of those kind of all-in-one HO sets that have uh, that all had all the little kind of accessories with it where you could go up to like, you know, you could pull it up to one siding and it would have like, uh, you know, we load the cows in and then you go to the next one and there's, you know, whatever, like barrels or something like that. And uh, that was kind of like my first taste of model railroading, uh, you know, for as much as, you know, I had, was exposed to it. And from there, it just kind of grew. Like I, I kind of slowly just started building or I should say purchasing uh, little engines. Uh, my grandmother was a huge component of this. She she actually loved uh, model railroading uh, when my dad was, um, you know, my age. So I was around age, like, I think nine or ten when this happened. And when he was my age, uh, my grandmother bought him uh, a Lionel set, and which I actually still have today. So he has uh, a Lionel train set from the 50s. And... Um, you know, as you can see, my grandmother just adored model railroading um, and um, she was a big, big fan of it. And, you know, even today, uh, one of the reasons why I am kind of infatuated with trolleys is because of her. Um, she loved trolleys. Uh, she bought me my first little red trolley. Uh, I'm trying to remember, like, what the what the railroad was on it. And I, I don't remember offhand. Uh, I know it was red. So it could be Chicago, could be uh, a number of different uh, uh, railroads. But um, I just remember that. And and I, again, you know, that's one of the things that I like to purchase because it reminds me of her. And it just kind of went from there. Like I started buying more HO and, you know, my I started adding lights to buildings. I mean, you know, I'm like 10, 11 years old and I'm, you know, already exposed to all these little little things that you have to do in modern railroading. And from there, it, it, it kind of just uh, um, grew. And then when I was in high school, it kind of like dissipated. I think like m most people do. Uh, and then when I was in my early 20s, I kind of bounced back into it again and ended up buying a couple of the, uh, you know, the old uh, rugged train sets. So I had like a UP1 freight set and I had a, of course, I had a Santa Fe set as well. And uh, from there, it just, uh, you know, it, it just kind of grew on me. And I, I've been a fan ever since. And uh, I just I really enjoy this hobby quite a bit. That's that's great to hear. And what maybe uh, 
maybe it was a uh, it was Mr. Rogers trolley by any chance? Was it that was that that red red trolley that you you grew up with, Matt? <laughs> Uh, again, I'm gonna. I have some photos of it. I will take a look and see if I can see who the uh, the name on it though. But hey, I wouldn't mind if it was Mr. Rogers. I watched Mr. Rogers. Oh yeah, Mr. Rogers was a saint. But uh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, I know how can, you can't go wrong with Mr. Rogers. Right, right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but uh, so, Matt, see, so how about you? What what got you? Who and got who got you into model railroading? So, for me, it was mainly my dad. And, uh, so my dad, my uncle and my grandfather, uh, between the three of them, uh, they had, and still do have a big, enormous layout in uh, my grandpa, uh, my grandparents' basement. And that was starting with that really kind of got me going and into the hobby. Uh, before this, um, my dad, uh, had a place and this is very early. On. I'm talking maybe, Oh God, probably three or I was, um, he had his little setup in his, uh, one little section of the basement. And he had a small little table for young myself. And so I got, I had two, uh, locomotives, uh, that I remember very fondly. They were both uh, union Pacific of all things, uh, which is a drastic change of what I am now. But in any event, uh, it was a rail King, um, FEF, uh, and then a Rail King uh, RS3. Um, not, now that I know at the time, now they're five volts. And this was early, early, early 2000s, probably 2000, 2001, something like that. So really, really young. And so then, you know, life things happened. Uh, so then I'm uh, where I am now, uh, you know, I got starter sets mainly uh, when I was growing up into the hobby. Not so much the buy an engine, buy a car, that that sort of thing. Um, so I got a lot of those, uh, I s- still have pieces, parts of a few of them. Uh, most of them I let go of and it, it just kind of kept going from there. I never really got out of it. Uh, there have been times where I've been upset with the hobby and not really wanting to do much with it. But aside from that, I've always kind of been into it. You know, like I said, my, uh, the big three, my grandfather, uncle, and, uh, uh, dad really, they always kept me going. Uh, they always showed me new things, especially uh, my dad and my grandfather. They always showed me, you know, showed me electrical and carpentry and all the little things to, you know, build a layout, how it all kind of goes together. So they've been a huge uh, resource. And actually the layout that I have now, um, aside from the table, I did all the electric work and track work and everything. And so for me, this is, this is probably when I was, you know, 10 or so, something like that. And it just kind of been going on from there. So I really have to thank them for you know, everything I've learned because without them, I wouldn't be here and uh, in the shape I am with this hobby. And so it's really nice to know that they did a lot for me. It showed me what I know now. Yeah, that's that's really nice. And it's really it's really uh, interesting from a perspective of I, I never really had anybody who got me into the hobby. So to hear from you guys, your perspectives of how it's kind of something that's been passed down through your through your family and through the generations to see how strong the the fire for, for model railroading is. It's 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 really heartwarming. So it's, I'm glad that you guys got uh, so much enjoyment from uh, from your fathers and, and grandfathers and grandmothers of of uh, of the enjoyment of the hobby and to see that it's still going strong in you guys as well. But moving on, so kind of elaborating a little bit more, 
what is it about trains that drew you guys into the hobby? And why did you, uh, especially with, with Matt R., what led you to O-Scale specifically? You know, that's a, that's a fantastic question. And uh, I, I think the best way to answer that is I just, trains to me are just like majestic, right? Now, maybe that's kind of a real kind of flavorful term, but I just love the fact that we had this method of travel in the United States that just encompassed all of these beautiful, beautiful engines. And it was like every railroad had its own design. Uh, Every railroad kind of had its own colors and it became kind of this unique uh, passion to like, just like be interested in, you know, all of these trains out there and different kinds of trains, right? Different kinds of engines, different kinds of steam engines, so much variety out there, even early on, you know, the variety just started really kind of compounding with just all types of different kinds of steam engines. And when I was, you know, I lived near the railroad tracks, um, kind of always lived near the railroad tracks. Um, and, you know, kind of technically consider myself being blessed by living by the railroad tracks because my exposure to trains has been, you know, pretty huge. Like, you know, going out and walking on the tracks, finding railroad spikes, you know, taking those home, um, you know, sitting at the train station and just watching trains go by. Like they're just like so loud and like you could feel it in your chest when they go by. Like there's so much emotion uh, with, with trains and what, what kind of drew me to O scale, I think is that same thing. Like, you know, I like HO, I like N scale. I like all, all the moderate railroading, um, you know, gauges, but when it comes to O scale, I think it has the perfect balance of size and weight and the sounds and the smoke and all the features you get in O scale is just, it's it nothing even compares to it, right? Like nothing compares to O scale. Sure. You can get sounds and smoke and HO and stuff like that, but it's not close. Like if you've ever had a vision line steam engine or diesel engine on your layout, that's a good representation of what O scale can be. And, uh, and that's why, you know, that's why I fell in love with O scale. I, I love it. And I don't ever s- see myself ever leaving O scale, to be honest with you. You know, I might buy some N scale stuff only because there's a lot of metro, metro stuff available on N scale and maybe have like a little N scale thing. But my true, true passion for moderate running will always be O scale. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I'm 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 with you in the same uh, same camp there when it comes to uh to O scale. It's that it's there's that draw of that that might and the heft of wheel trains. And O scale is that really nice medium where it's still you it's their the engines are heavy and they're big and they're weighty, but they're not too big where you can't fit them indoors. Um because G scale has that. You can have big massive trains with G scale and I, I love G scale, but it's it's a little bit too big for me. And then the sound systems, the speakers are big enough and power enough, powerful enough where when you blow that whistle, that reverb hits you in your chest and, and that shelf, it's, it's, it's great. But um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, Matt Z, how about you? So for me, like being an O, I mean, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but you know, I've, O is all I've ever known. Uh, I said like the big three, uh, that layout's O. Uh, my only exposure to HO is actually uh, my cousin. Um, he has an HO layout 
that uh, he's slow, slowly been working on. He's in and out of the hobby um, that he kind of, you know, comes and goes with it. But that's been my only exposure to HO. And even, even at that, his layout was never, never scenic, never really, ever really operational. At one point we did have trains running on it, but, but uh, not for very long. He's torn it up and done all kinds of things. But, you know, O is what I've always known. There was a time a number of years ago back when, you know, things were different than they are now with the industry that I was thinking about taking over to go into HO just for the simple fact of the cost. The cost factor was really the main reason why I was thinking about it. I was looking at the uh, the brass um, L1 uh, yellow belly Hudson. Uh, that was the one that I was really leaning towards. And I'm like, and then I stepped back and thought about like, what am I doing? Uh, and that to me was the step of, okay, I'm just going to suck it up, you know, pay the money and enjoy. Oh, cause that's, it's all I've ever known. And it would be kind of crazy to me to, to think to go to something else. So yeah, that's where I'm at now. You know, always what I've known and it's, what I'm sticking with, you know, yeah, you know, you go to some of these bigger scales, you know, you got, like you said, Johnny, some of the, the speakers and stuff are better, but you know, for, oh, you get what you can. And when you put vision line stuff in there and some of the other really cool things, th- there's no, you can't compare it. There, there is just certain things that you get with, oh, you can't get anywhere else. And it's just something that you almost have to experience it for yourself to realize it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. You have to experience it for yourself to, to really grasp it. But once you do, you'll get hooked. For sure. Yeah. I've, I've always been into, to, Oh, uh, my first starter sets were the rail King GS two and the Alaska at 40, uh, starter sets. And, uh, I, I feel very blessed to have started, you know, uh, I did dabble in HO for a little bit and I did enjoy it. I did definitely appreciate the cost factor. Um, it was something I could easily more, I could more easily set up in like the living room, for example, but Oh, was definitely where, where my, my love is at. And as I, as you guys both said, the, the features, the sounds, the, the quality, the weight, everything it's, it, it, it makes it for me. And that's, that's why I'm such a firm O scaler, but, um, Moving onwards, uh, what is your favorite railroad and why? I know Matt R absolutely despises anything <laughs> war bonnet and orange and green. So, so I'm curious what he has to say. <laughs> yeah, so this is a really open question uh, that can go a lot of different ways. Um, but I will answer truthfully and just say it, it it's Santa Fe. Um, when it comes down to it, um, you know, Santa Fe has always just had a special place in my heart. Um, I love passenger diesels and, pa- and obviously, you know, uh, passenger locomotives as well. Uh, and, um, you know, Santa Fe definitely was not short of those things. <laughs> uh, and one of the reasons that drew me to Santa Fe was the fact that almost all of their most famous routes came out of Chicago, right? Chicago to Los Angeles, Chicago to San Francisco. Uh, you got Chicago to Seattle. Uh, you know, you got Chicago to New York. So not just going West coast, but stuff from Chicago going East coast. I, I will consider myself very blessed by living in Chicago. Uh, if you're a railroad fan and you get to live in Chicago, 
I think that's a really huge thing. And this is not any disservice to the other big um, cities out there, you know, like New York and stuff like that. But, you know, Chicago was just like the like I got to see stuff going west and east. And it's just it's been a wonderful thing. And it's it's definitely what kind of skewed me towards Santa Fe and uh, especially Santa Fe transition era stuff. Uh, you know, everyone knows I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, Santa Fe F and 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 uh, E uh, diesels and all those in between. And, uh, you know, obviously Santa Fe locomotives, too. So it is without a doubt Santa Fe. Uh, but I will give an honorable mention to uh, Union Pacific and obviously Chicago Northwestern, uh, Chicago Great Western. Uh, and, of course, you know can't i can't end this without saying metra so (laughs) i wouldn't let you live it down if you uh didn't say metra there matt (laughs) (laughs) i remember i remember the first time i went over to your house to run trains and you had mentioned like oh yeah i'm a i'm a santa fe guy and i I didn't quite fully grasp how serious you were because (laughs) the moment you step in matt's layout room you walk there he's got his shelves I kid you not, guys. He has a war bonnet shelf where it's just nothing but Santa Fe war bonnet, red, like red E units and F units. It's it's insane. This man is is seriously passionate about his war bonnets. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, moving on, so Matt Z, what is your favorite railroad and why? I uh, th- th- this one's going to be a little all over the board. Um, and it's going to be conflicting railroads if, if this makes any sense. So it's between the New York Central and Pensy. And yes, Penn Central does factor in here as well. Um, for me, I've always just been drawn to those two railroads. I mean, the, like Matt said, you know, the classic passenger trains, uh, has really been always kind of a thing that's always kind of stuck with me. You know, the century, the, Empire State on the Pensy side, the Broadway, the Congressional stuff like that. They've always kind of just been there, and even from a young age, you know. Um, I know we'll talk about this later, but you know, you look at some of the old tapes and stuff. You know, that's what they showed. They showed a lot of that stuff, and that's always just kind of been sitting with me. Um, all the East Coast stuff. I, I do like my West Coast stuff. You know, there's a. I had a certain Southern Pacific uh, heritage unit, which is no longer with me. Um, Thank you, man. But uh, you're welcome. Oh, and uh, Ratchford, you got your uh, CNW. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I, I do like that stuff. Uh, don't get me wrong. You know, there is in the plan, my dream plan to have a bunch of passenger trains, West coast stuff is included in there, but it, as a general rule, it's mainly East coast. Just because that's that's what I like. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with you there, dude. Um, the more the more I've gotten to know you and a lot of our friends uh, here in, in the train community, I've definitely learned to get an appreciation for the East Coast stuff. Um, I've had the luxury of having some people bring over their trains, and I will say, Pensy stuff. Some Pensy stuff, I say, looks pretty pretty nice. Maybe I'll get a GG one someday. Maybe not in, in Pensy colors. Maybe American Rose colors. But you know, it's uh, it really opens your eyes up to see what uh, what's really out there and what's available. Um, the more you talk to folks, so that's that's awesome. Um, but moving on though, 
uh, what inspired you guys to create content for your YouTube channels? And by extension, what led you guys to want to start the podcast here? So for me, you know, like everyone else, probably, you know, we, or I should say, I, when I started getting into model, uh, seriously getting into O scale, uh, of course, you know, I clicked on to Eric's trains, Eric Siegel's YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, I definitely, you know, learned a lot. So big kudos to Eric, obviously in his channel for number one, getting out there early and number two, like really producing like very, very premium and, uh, yeah, just kind of, you know, just great content, you know, he, he, he explained everything well. And by watching him, I just started just kind of getting the itch to be like, you know what? I can do that too. And I considered it to be very fun, uh, to make videos. You know, I never considered it to be a, a, a job or anything like that. But what was cool is that it gave you a chance to show folks what you have, right? You know, it's kind of a way of just kind of like being social or interacting with people on the internet, especially like, you know, other O-scale fans. And I was able to take what I have because at the time there was no Discord. You know, uh, there was the OGR forum, uh, which you could, you know, post photos and stuff in. But, you know, you're not going to get the feedback that you would, you know, by posting a video. And I really enjoyed posting videos and having people give me, uh, you know, answer, ask me questions about what I was posting. Um, you know, especially like, you know, when I post Santa Fe stuff, I get a lot of big Santa Fe fans. Hey, that's cool. I have this model just like yours. And um, that that's what really kind of inspired me to start it and or, you know, inspired me to like start doing it. And then I, I think why I why I'm still in it is just, you know, I, again, I like making I like making content for folks. Um, I like doing reviews on 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 specific engines. Um, I can like I said, I consider it to be um, I consider it a, a, a kind of fun in a way if that you know that makes sense to just kind of you know show you like hey i got this model here's what the model does um you know i want to inform people right uh and uh, i think that's what makes it fun now the second part of your question is what inspired us to make a podcast well the straight answer is that particular segment was missing from the o-scale industry and when i say missing uh, there was a gentleman, uh, Derek, who had the Notch 6 podcast, and his podcast was awesome. I loved it. I love listening to it. I listened to all the episodes. And then, of course, one day he, you know, decided to move out of, you know, the, the podcasting segment and move into other things, which is perfectly fine. <coughs> Excuse me. And because that kind of social media platform was missing, I decided that, you know what, like, why don't why don't I fill this? But I don't want to do it by myself. And at the time, I was, you know, one of the one of the uh, people that I subscribed to and interacted with was, of course, Matt C. Uh, you know, our, our love for, you know, the S word, uh, subways, allowed us to uh, to connect. Right. And because we were to connect on that level, uh, I reached out to him one day. Um, and I said, Hey Matt, you know, do you think you'd be interested in just doing a podcast? Like, 
you know, we were both fans of Derek. We're both understood what podcasts are. And I'm like, let's do a podcast. Let's just, let's just do it and see what happens. And uh, of course that was almost two years ago. Um, and uh, it, you know, here we are today and uh, very, very happy with the path that we took where we are today. We've had so many awesome guests. We've added another host, uh, Johnny, who you've been fantastic. And uh, I see just very good things for this podcast in the future. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. That Johnny guy, he really sucks. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it's it's definitely it definitely comes from a, a place of wanting to share in this hobby. You know, the, you can collect all this great stuff, but there's there's always that itch to kind of show it off. And if you don't really have that outlook, it can be it can be a little crazy because you can go to your 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 friends who aren't in the hobby. Like I got this Milwaukee Road S three, and they're like, "What the heck's an S 3 So you know, being able to share that online and get even you know even on just YouTube videos, getting comments of people being like, "That's a cool." And that's that's great. Um, and the podcast has definitely been uh, a great uh, a great asset and resource for folks who want some easy listening about O-scale model trains. But uh, Matt Z, how about you? What inspired you to create your uh, create content for a YouTube channel, and how did you get involved in the podcast? So for the YouTube side, you know, I, I honestly just kind of winged it. You know, I like. Matt, I watched Eric. I watched, uh, you know, Nick PGH, uh, Trained Fanatic, uh, early days of, you know, both of them. And then, you know, JD Stucks came along and then, you know, RJ, early days of RJ and stuff like that. You know, it's it just kind of like, you know what? I, I want to do that. So, you know, uh, one night, really early in the morning, I uh, threw on a video. It was uh, in uh, uh, landscape mode. Uh, which is, you know, we don't do that, but in any event, um, <laughs> that's what we did. And uh, I threw it up there through a peace train from Cat Stevens on, because why not? And uh, threw that up and just saw what it did. And, you know, it's it, the early days, of course, were slow. But, you know, once you kind of got going with it and kind of showing off, you know, the certain pieces, like the early stuff was all, like I said, uh, I my uh my folks's stuff not, not my own um and slowly i started throwing up my own layout on there and kind of showing the pair together kind of showing you know what those guys were doing and then what myself what i was doing and you know for a time you know i did both and i've kind of weaned away a little bit from uh the uh ktmr as we call it um but you know, just because we're, we're going through some stuff with that. And eventually I'll get back to that when time, time really allows it. Cause you know, life gets in the way is uh, all I'm going to say on that. But it, it just kind of came as like, you know, I want to give this a try and just kind of see how it goes. And you know, it's for the most part, it's successful enough to the point where I'm happy with it. You know, I'm not one of those guys who needs to be showy and flashy and, all of that, you know, I would just, you know, much rather, you know, record a video, show kind of what's going on, show my new toys that I got in, uh, and, you know, talk about them. That's really what I get out of this is the, the talking factor. And I know I talked about this before, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse on the community aspect. And it just, that's what I, that's what I do it for. It's just because I like showing off the stuff I have. and. 
you know, every collection is different. And I feel like that's the best part about YouTube is that no two collections are the same. I mean, yes, we may own the same pieces that somebody else does, but you know, such is life. But you know, when you can say that, Hey, I know this person and talk to them or whatever, that's, it's just really cool to, to know that. Um, for the podcasting side, you know, I love not six. I still listen to him. Uh, I go back to his back catalog and listen to his, uh, previous episodes he did and uh, i every time i listen to him i always you know hear something i didn't hear at the time before and i'm like you know this is really cool and then like i said then he kind of stepped away and nothing wrong with that you know it happens and then all of a sudden out of the blue i get a uh, a message from matt uh, on my uh, facebook page on my uh, train facebook page and he goes you know what do you think about starting a podcast well i like that idea so you know i he, he says okay why don't we call so he gave me a call and uh we talked about it kind of what we were thinking of doing and all that sort of thing and then you know kind of one thing led to another we did you know episodes and kind of just you know put our two cents into it <laughs> if you want to be like that and that just kind of went from there and then you know, we started thinking, what do we want to do? So did obviously the catalogs and kind of like current news. So the first couple were the Lionel catalog and the uh, MTH uh, closing their doors. Big two hot topics at the time, um, two years ago, if you can believe that. So we did that and then we started doing interviews. And once we kind of got the interview ball rolling, it was, you know, uh, let's go. So we had bunch of interviews we've done dj sterling eric derek yourself johnny uh, us now which is really cool and it's just being able to have all these people that you know you want to talk to them well here you go and that was just kind of the whole story with that so and i gotta tell you doing this is a lot of fun i've met so many cool people that i that i never would have known uh outside of this like you know matt when i first saw him uh he was you know doing short little things and now he's doing nice long videos with you know real good reviews and all of that and showing stuff that a lot of people just don't see i mean i guess he like he said for him you know it's uh santa fe and kind of like the west coast stuff and it was cool to see those items that, you know, I've seen in videos or catalogs all of a sudden here they are on somebody's channel with a nice video on them, you know, showing what they do, showing the sound, showing this, showing that. I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, it's, it's been great. in in terms of seeing how far you guys have come as a podcast and, and definitely, um, getting the podcast has been life-changing for me. Um, I, I remember, seeing you guys for the first time pop up in community and Sterling's community tab and um, hearing, hearing the episode and just being hooked. Um, I, I had heard podcasts for other things like video games, but having one for model trains, getting to know your the people in the video, it's not just like, bam, 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 here's this train. Look at this train. Here's it's running. It's getting to hear a bunch of train guys talk trains. And that's something that really drew me to the podcast medium, which is, I think, really important that that you guys picked up on and, and continued on carrying the torch for Derek there. Um, 
But yeah, really, really great stuff, guys. And I'm going to actually going to expand on what Matt Z said here with this next question. Now, you've both grown so much in this hobby in the past two years. As in, you got to meet so many great folks. Um, you got to go to great hangouts, have run set. Some of us have had run sessions, um, or just being able to talk trains with people every night. Um, what, how, what, what are what are your favorite memories from the past two years? Um, and what things are you really thankful for having now? Now that you've met everybody. Wow, that's a heavy question. <laughs> I asked uh, the hard questions here, Matt. I, what the, is this 60 minutes or something? Like, what the heck? Um, no, it's right. 61 minutes. That's right. As long as 61 it's, minutes. Yeah. As, I, long as, it, <laughs> as long as it's not Dateline, we're, we're okay. So, <laughs> so, you know, Johnny was a normal boy, or was he? <laughs> he discovered three rail model trains. <laughs> So I would say these last two years have definitely been uh, one of the most important times for me in um, in model railroading, uh, just because, and I think other people can relate. You know, when I was when I was first started out, you know, my only social socialization when it came to Oski model railroading was well, my train store, right, and. And I'm talking about like physical socialization, right? Not like going on the forums or something like that. And the fact that I was able to beat so many new friends, like so many new friends, like not just like, you know, a person here and there, but pe- and people locally, you know, like, uh, you know, obviously like you, Johnny and, and Jason and a lot of our, and Sean and a lot of our other, and Tim, I don't want if I, if I don't say Tim, he's, he's going to get mad. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tim will come out with come at you with a pitchfork. You, you will <laughs> uh, get the dirty spells from from his uh, when, you, when you visit him at work. <laughs> that's correct. We love Tim. Uh, yeah, we like we like Tim at Berwin too, and we like Tim at uh, at Tony's too. So we yes, like all the Tim's. Best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all the Tims are great. Uh, but anyway, uh, so just it's been fantastic. Like I have grown so much. I have been able to share. My love for trains with people. Um, I've been able to have come people come into my house and like run trains on my layout, which honestly I never thought that I would would be able to do. You know, I thought I was going to be like, well, I guess I'll run trains by myself, or maybe a, the occasional family member will come down every now and then and watch, and watch trains. But no, it, it's this has been just an awesome experience, and I think going to York is definitely uh, probably on top of the list Um, next to starting the podcast, obviously Um, going to York was just amazing going there with friends, you know, your buddies and hanging out and meeting your other friends who you've met through these friends. And it's just become this very large social network of just like O scale moderator rotors. We love chatting. We love talking and not to kind of like, you know, segue into discord but obviously having the discord was a reason for this um and that's that's why we started a discord server is so other people can meet people in the scale industry and then eventually if you live near this person you meet up and you start having fun uh because you know being sometimes 
there's not a lot of people in your community, especially in your local community. And having outlets like this can lead to new friends, making relationships, and, um, you know, and just being really involved in uh, in Oskale Monterey running. So, yeah, going to York is definitely um, very, very good memory for me. And uh, I'll always, always remember it. And I'm looking forward to going to York uh, this fall, 2022, as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Matt. The 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 ability to meet everybody was was awesome. It was really surreal, and even just the local aspect of being able to run trains with other folks, it really opens up the hobby to a completely different different uh, different scope. Here, uh, I was with like you. I was by myself running trains, and I'd run trains for maybe like 10, 20 minutes, you know, once in a while. But it didn't really go more than that. And now, you know, we're at a point where I think you and I are constantly trying to move our schedules around because it's almost like every other week we have somebody want to have a run session or go to a hobby shop or what have you. But uh, and York was also a big highlight for me as well. Just getting to not not only getting to befriend all these YouTubers that I really admire and now that I can call friends, but being able to hang out with them and meet them in person and joke around was was really great. So. And even even outside the the physical hangout aspect, just the being able to do calls every night and and talk trains and yeah, it, it's just great. I, I love it. But um, how, how about you, Matzi? What uh, what are your what aspects of the past two years have been your favorite memories in in model railroading? I, I mean, uh, where where do I begin? I, I, I mean, and, and I'm being serious and every every stretch of the word. I, I mean, there's just been so much that has gone on in these past two years that I, I, it, it just, it, it means so much to me to, to know that, you know, you have your, you know, your physical people. Like I have my uh, folks down an hour from me um, and I love that. That is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Without a doubt, I love that. But to know that, you know, you have you can go online and have a people, a hundred people on the Matt and Matt server, for example, and, and talk trains, have a good time. Everybody knows the the general gist of what you're talking about. And to know that, like I said, there are people that are in this just like you are whether it's online or in person, whatever it may be, uh, it just, it's huge. And I almost can't put into words to, to be honest with you. It just, it means a ton to, to have this. And like with this podcast, you know, I, I, it just, oh, it, it's just surreal. It, it really is that that's the easiest way I can put it. It just, there's a lot, there's a lot that, is to be thankful for the friend aspect. You know, I know when before we started this, uh, we had the call, the, uh, live stream with Sid and it was you, me, uh, and Sid, Johnny, that one was, it was like, opened my eyes to know that, you know, I've talked to Sid for a while and to have you on there and, you know, get to know you really quickly. I mean, that stream was what hour or whatever it was like boom instant friends because of this hobby and that's what it's about it's about a way to 
have people that may be across the country or halfway across the country, whatever it is. You all have that common thread of trains. You talk trains. You talk, you know, oh, I like this, or, you know, this could be improved, or whatever it is. You just have a ball. I mean, like, these calls, some of these calls we have are six hours plus long. We just have a fun time. And that's what it's about at the end of the day. It's about fun. And, you know, you're having fun in some way or another, and that's, it, it just, it means a lot, like I said, more than any word could, could ever say. I totally agree with you there, dude. Um, we've we've discussed this topic off the air and on the air so many times, uh, to the point where sometimes Matt and Z and I will be up in what till like what two, three in the morning talking well, about three, this stuff. Three in the morning, yeah, yeah. But um, can, yeah, no. <laughs> there's times I can barely <laughs> talk. And, uh, Bunch of train and, geeks, man. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, it was even like the last episode, you know, I, we talked with Chris and, you know, one of the things he mentioned was the, uh, you know, the future, future generation. And like I said, you know, in that one, for me, it's, you know, my younger brothers, you know, uh, to watching them interact with the trains and run them and have fun with them. I see myself when I was that age. And to me, it's just, that is just huge to know that, you know, you're not alone. There's going to be people that are going to carry this on and have a good time with it and know it just like you do. And that, that is just, it's, it's mind boggling to me. And I love every second of it. Couldn't have said it better myself. Couldn't have said it better myself, but yeah. Um, the social aspect of the hobby really unlocks so much. And if you haven't already um, reached out to someone or made some friends in the hobby, like like we said, Matt and Matt Uskill, uh Discord pod, uh, Discord server is a great place to do that. You can meet us, talk to us, and uh, share your collection. There's pl- I, whenever somebody posts a new train, everyone goes crazy. It's 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 absolutely amazing. Um, but kind of stepping away from the the big hard questions, let's get back to to the trains themselves here. Um, so you guys, uh, all of us actually, in, in some way, shape, or form, uh, especially Matt R. right now, is redoing their layout or adding to the layout or doing something to the layout. That re- it's a little bit of a redesign. And what what's something you wish you would have known the first time around when you had built your layout? And now that you're redoing it, what's something that you plan to do differently? Uh, so speaking from experience, like you said, uh, two things. Uh, number one is install the largest radius curves that you can get away with. And if it involves you maybe just doing some modular uh, work with your workbench stuff, like maybe just adding on a couple extra boards uh, uh, to make it, you know, the width a little bit larger, it is 100% worth it. Um, my old layout was 036 and 048, uh, for my loops. And now I have two 060 loops on the outside and a whole large area on the inside with a small little switching area. Then, uh, you know, I can have trains go through the downtown area that I have. And I'll tell you, it's made a huge difference, uh, in all the trains that I can run now that, 
you know, I, I was always a little bit of a daredevil. Like I, I, you know, I always try to go get away with running things that I probably shouldn't be running. <laughs> and I think I've been kind of lucky uh, doing that, but now I can pretty much run almost everything. When I say almost everything, I mean, really like almost everything out there. Uh, so I'm really, really happy about that. And I can run and I have two O60 loops. So now I can run. Now I'm not just, you know, positioned to only run the biggest thing on the outside. I can run two big trains on both loops and, uh, you know, it ended up being just a, an awesome, awesome uh, uh, upgrade. And uh, kudos to my friend Johnny, who also has two O60 loops. And he his layout inspired me, uh, you know, because we, we both kind of had the same around. Our board size was kind of the same. And the area that our stuff, our, our train layout was set up in is kind of close. And I'm like, okay, I think I could do this. Uh, and it ended up working out. So. Uh, that's one thing. So, um, you know, if you can push, if you can push it, try for the biggest curves you can. And if, and if, if you can only do, o, if you can't do 072, don't do 060. Cause you would be surprised, uh, with the amount of things you can run with that. Second thing is power, 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 get those power drops, uh, or feeders, however you want to, to call it. I call it drops because I'm a networking guy. That's what, what, that's what we call network uh, drops. But, uh, you know, if you can feed as many as you can in your layout, put one on every single spur and switch and yard you have, because it makes a difference. Um, if you don't have good power going to your layout and you don't have good power that's spread around, you're not going to be able to run trains efficiently and have fun because that's probably the number one issue. I think that people run into is um, the either a don't have enough power or B uh, the power is not run correctly onto their layout. Uh, and when you start getting into these larger engines with a lot of features, especially smoke units and passenger cars with lots of lights, you're going to start to feel it. So, um, yeah. And again, you know, I think Matt and I have done an episode on power. Uh, and we've, uh, I don't believe we've done one though on like layout size yet. So that may be something in the future. Yeah. Uh, we did but, one uh, on, uh, power. Yeah. Not layout size. Yeah, power. Layout yes, size. But yes, if you, so just to recap, push is push for as large, largest curves as you can get. And, do a good job and do your due diligence when it comes to adding power to your layout. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I uh, I remember when I upgraded my layout from 036 to uh, to 060. It's like a, a completely different world. Um, I was running my Lion Master Challenger on 036, and it you know I enjoyed it. I had fun, and then but it did look like the engine was uh, breaking its spine every time I was going around. It's like seventy skill, uh, seventy speed steps at 036. I was a kid and didn't know any better. But when I when I got it to go on 060, it looked so realistic. It made it, the engine look so much bigger than it actually was that I I could never go back. Um, but I'm I'm glad I could help you, Matt, and be an influence and and you wanting to expand your layout. You went from a layout that was smaller than mine. I think yours is actually a little bit bigger than mine now. So I have to uh, get to working in mine. But uh, how about you, Matt Z? I know you're you got some projects on the horizon for your layout. What what do you got planned, and what things would you redo? Um, now that you put the knowledge you have now. 
Uh, I'm going to echo Matt. Uh, big curves. Uh, big curves for sure. You know, I I can jury-rig uh, 70 deuce, as our friend Zach likes, likes to call it. Um, into my into my uh, layout, I really wish I would have done that from the beginning. And you know, because like Matt said, you know, being able to have the big curves to run, even the equipment you own now, to be able to run that and see it look a lot nicer is big. You know, you can take any normal steam engine, let's just say it's a line of master challenger. Cause why not? You know, you put that on tight curves as Johnny, as you know, then you put it on big curves. It's a completely different engine, even though it's the same piece, it just looks that much better. And another thing definitely is the power for sure. I redid my power last year and I couldn't be happier with it. I, you know, did the bus wire and that was my dad. He, he, showed me how to bus wire. Uh, we did his layout with bus. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do mine in bus. So therefore there I was ripping up everything I had, uh, doing bus and I couldn't be more happier with it. The power is a lot better, a lot more consistent, still little hiccups here and there, but for the most part, it's, you know, the voltage on the transformers, what's going, going to the track. And it's just, it works really well. Um, you know, power is key. You know, you got bad power, your trains are not going to run right, and you're going to have a lot of problems down the line. And it just, it's not worth all that headache. You know, do it right the first time, I think, is is uh, maybe a good philosophy to think here. Uh, another thing is the uh, switches. I use Lionel Fast Track, and my big issue, and one thing I really wish I would have corrected is using the big switches, using the 072 switches. I use the 036, and not that there's anything wrong with them per se. I mean, they work. If you you know need to splice something super quick, they work because it's just a 10-inch straight. Um, however, with the larger curves, obviously, you know, the big engines need it. So, you know, big switch um, for all the big stuff. But even so, just, you know, it's there's almost if you can squeeze it there's no reason not to do it and that's that's just something i really wish i would have done and now i'm starting to have to kind of play catch up and when i expand uh, i'm going to do well three things now obviously i have the room for the curve so that's one Uh, second uh switches 072 throughout the throughout the thing uh if i need to stick a 36 in just for a passing siding or whatever um, I'll do that, but however, definitely uh, 072 wherever else possible. Then another thing that I really want to do is for sure uh, dump my 10 inch straights for 30 inch straights. Uh, that's something I'm really starting to notice the effects of now. And you know, going back to the first question of getting the sets in, uh, the reason why I went with fast track. Uh, was because you know I had a lot of starter sets that I got in the head fast track, and I had enough of it to make a loop, uh, two loops, uh, for my layout. And then what uh, the MTH starter sets I got in had the real tracks, so I used those on my shelves. And 
it's just what I happened to go with. So that's what I used. But yeah, definitely doing the uh, bigger uh, straights is something you want to do because yes, the, the the piece of track is three 10 inch straights together, but the rail is 30 inches long. And with that, you get less resistance, you get better power flow and it just, it works a lot better. So definitely uh, those three things. And I'm hoping to get to it this year. Uh, I would love to, you know, life is kind of throwing me curveballs at the second, but you know, once we get all that sorted out, uh, I'm definitely going to try my hardest to, to get this going because after seeing your guys' uh, progress, especially Matt, uh, I, I just, I can't believe that, you know, it's the same layout. It just, it's fantastic what you've done. That's, that's great. And I'm really excited to, to see what the both of you have in store for, for the future. Uh, Matt, I am at R. I expect to be able to, uh, break into your house and stress test the layout when it's complete, uh, more so than I already have. <laughs> Having, uh, squishers escape onto your main line when you're not looking. <laughs> yeah. Well, the track is, um, it's already done. So I'm actually, I've already started on the landscaping and the detailing. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Can't wait to see that, dude. And then, uh, Matt Z, I can't wait to see your expansion. I know it's uh, in progress, but uh, I, I can't wait to see the the smile on your face when you get to run your, your big engines on your big curves. No, I'm very excited for that, man. Oh, yeah. And it was funny. So I got in the S3, and I thought for sure I need that was going to be my kick in the rear, uh, as our friend Bernsey likes to say, um, to get me going to get the big curves. Well, by some small chance, it does work on my layout. It is tighter as all get out, but it does work. So I can run it and enjoy it, which is great. But I really do want to uh, get that done because, you know, in my dream collection is big stuff, articulated steam, you know, uh, Pensy, like I was talking about earlier, centipede T1 S1, all that. You know, all the good stuff. I want it. I need the big curves for it. So it's like, you know, I need to get on that. So hopefully soon. I hope to see a Q2 on your layout at some point then. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Any Anything. You, you name it, it'll be there. Gotcha, gotcha. Alrighty, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start winding this down with a classic question that Matt asks, and it kind of it might cover some some stuff we've already seen. Uh, we were touched about earlier in the podcast, but gents, what is your personal take on the O scale model railroading industry for the next ten years? So, I feel really good about the direction that we're headed. I think in the last I would say three, four years. We've definitely had a really big surge uh, in people getting into the hobby. Now, obviously, when COVID hit, people got kind of stuck in their house and, you know, all sorts of indoor hobbies kind of skyrocketed. But I think for the most part, you know, I see more and more people going into hobby stores. Uh, I went to one of my, um, stores, I think about three, four weeks ago, it was on a Saturday. I don't remember exactly the day, but it was within the last 30 days and it was a Saturday morning. 
And within, I would say, an hour, two families walked out of there with Lion Chief sets. Like, I haven't seen people go into hobby stores and, and buy Lion Chief sets like that before. Like, I was kind of like dumb on her. I was like, wow, this is a good sign. Like, people are getting into trains. And I think one of the best things about it is that you can now run trains digitally with like your phone or a tablet. And this gives access. And we've kind of talked about this before, but this makes it accessible to kids who are kind of growing up around, you know, phones and tablets. And when the hobby finally catches up to, you know, current technology standards or, you know, current, the, the current culture of technology, that's a good thing. And people will start to adhere to the hobby more. And, you know, I, with the onset of multiple social media platforms, uh, a lot of YouTubers, um, this, it's almost crazy now the number of like <laughs> number of people creating O scale videos. Uh, it's it's hard to even catch up. Like I I barely now have a chance to even watch everybody because I follow so so many people. I mean that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's actually a fantastic thing. Um, Instagram, uh, obviously our podcast, and you know these big companies, you know these manufacturers are using that social media those those social media platforms to advertise the product. When before, I mean, you knew Lionel because you walked into a hobby hobby store. You know MTH because you walked into a hobby store. That was it, right? So unless you picked up a, a model rare running magazine, you didn't even know what it was. Well, now it's becoming more kind of mainstay. And uh, I think that as long as Lionel and Atlas and, you know, MTH, whatever MTH is going to evolve into, as long as they keep doing what they're doing, um, revolutionizing the, uh, the industry with, with, with new products, new hardware, um, you know, giving more accessible items uh, or making more accessible items for kids to play with. Uh, I, I think we're in for just a, a really good ride uh, in the next 10 years when it comes to the uh, O-scale moderate running industry. For sure, for sure. The hobby is, is stronger than it's ever been before. And we are definitely, as I've said many times on this podcast, going through a, a renaissance for, for O-scale. And I'm, I'm very excited. Matt Z, how about you? How, what do you think we have in store for the next 10 years? Uh, I'm going to echo the comments of Matt. You know, I think it's, it's really bright, you know, yeah, there's been some hardships, you know, with MTH and kind of their uh, uncertainty is the best way to put it. Um, but, you know, it's nice to see that, you know, there's still companies that are going strong, you know, Atlas is coming back, you know, got Lionel strong as ever. And it's great to know that, you know, like I talked about earlier that, you know, there's, Folks that are getting into this, maybe from YouTube, maybe from podcasts, whatever it is, that you know are seeing this and really seeing the enjoyment out of it, and getting to know that you know this is fun 
place to be. It ain't going anywhere. It's not dying or anything like that. And to know, like I said, that there are folks that are into that and that can show new people, you know, oh, you see a train on the side of the road, whatever. Well, you know what? Let's take that train on the side of the road, scale it down a bit, throw it in your basement or wherever you set up your trains, you know, with some nice scenery and be like, you know what? I can go outside or go downstairs or wherever and see the same train. It's, you know, it just, it's something that's an ever evolving process, but I really think it's going to be bright and there's no stopping it yet. For sure. For sure. We, we, we've only started to, uh, or the only tip of the iceberg here. We've got so much more to explore and so much that folks want to share. So I, I think the, the future for the hobby is very bright and, uh, I can't. I can't wait to see what we have in store. But uh, with that in mind, that is the end of my questions here tonight. Uh, you guys have been great. Uh, it's been a real honor being able to be on the flip side and interview you guys, especially being a, uh, a fan of the podcast now turned co-host. So uh, you guys have been great, and, and thank you for giving me this opportunity to do that tonight. Well, thank you, Johnny. You've been an yeah, awesome, thank you. awesome interviewer. <laughs> oh, I thank you. Thanks, thanks for putting us on the spot. Yeah, yeah I made, yeah. I'd make sure I good. put you guys in the hot seat tonight. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, do you guys have anything you want to add in? Any any last minute question, comments, concerns? Yeah, no, uh, no questions about our collection. No, no. collection. Well, no what are, questions about Proto One or Subways or nothing like that. What what's Proto One? What's what's, what's proto? I don't know what is what is proto one. You get you gotta explain to me what proto one is. I have no idea. They're trains uh, with really I, bad coughs. I, yes. I think we I think we we can create an entire episode out of proto one. In fact, we probably could. we should we should honestly we should. We'll have to yeah, look into that. Yeah, but um, uh, re- real quick, I I I, I, I did, did want to touch on those things. Okay. Um, so real quick for proto one, you know, I think for me. You know, being born in 99, uh, that it's what I remember. You know, uh, talk about earlier was, you know, watching these old clips, watching, you know, I Love Toy Trains is the big, the biggest, the biggest one. Uh, watching that. And, you know, like I said, with my folks, uh, my uncle, he bought a ton of Proto One. You know, a lot of the stuff they made, not, not all of it, but most of it, the good stuff. Yeah, a lot of it. Always loved it, still love it. And as he's been upgrading these engines to command, you know, it's like you lose all the the nostalgia. You lose the sounds. You know, you lose all that. So that's why I've been slowly buying them again, just because I love them so much. And we'll definitely have to uh, for sure do one uh, on uh, 90s stuff in particular, and especially Proto 1, because that's that really paved the way for what we know now is, you know, proto two and three and legacy and all that sort of thing. Um, and then I also did want to touch on subways. Uh, I, I have to, it, it's the, it's the law around here. Okay. So for me with the subways, you know, there's really two big names that I've always watched. Um, one of them is Brighton Zach and uh, he's a New York guy. He's got mainly subways. He's also got some, you know, uh, New York inspired stuff and other railroads around New York and some, you know, West coast, modern freight. And uh, I remember watching him around the same time where I was watching uh, Eric and Jason and Nick. Um, 
and uh always remember watching it uh the one i remember watching very very fondly was the uh mth r32 d train and that's going to segue into my next uh, person which is a dj uh, dj zogage trains uh i've talked about him many a time before that man is a wealth of information uh not only subways in new york but also um passenger trains and that's kind of also where i get the love for the classic passenger trains uh, is him you know he sold me the first set i got from him was that r32 d train so it's like it's kind of come full circle now so i watched it on youtube and now i own it and i own it from a friend and uh, i couldn't be more happier uh with that and really the subways like like we said earlier is kind of what got myself and matt together to form a uh, uh podcast in addition to uh the other things we mentioned was, you know, first thing is like, oh, hey, I, you like subways. I like subways. So let's do something. So here we are. But uh, no, I just wanted to add those things in there just because I, I felt they were uh, very uh, uh, good topics to add. So we'll definitely have to do something, like I said, on uh, Proto One, though, eventually. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be Matt Z without uh, subways and Proto One, I would it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, here you go. You got to put it somewhere in here. You're just like, uh, just like, a, hey, I'm walking here. You know? <laughs> You're a subway and, and a Proto One geek. And you even said That's DJ. A, it's, th- it's a big throwback to the original uh, episode. Uh, oh, and then, and I got that one thing from that, uh, what's that? Oh, that K4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The there K4. you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, how about you, Matt? Already oh, got anything else you want to want to toss in there as well? You know, I just have to say that you know, this has just been a... Um, Wonderful time, I would say, in my life uh, when it comes to moderating and meeting new, new meeting new friends and taking on new, going down new roads when it comes to the O-Scale moderating. I didn't, like, if you, if you told me, like, three years ago that I would have a moderately successful YouTube channel, <laughs> a podcast for O-Scale, and have like 20 plus new friends in O-Scale moderating, I'd probably say you're crazy. But here I am. And uh, it's a wonderful thing. And um, I like sharing this hobby with my friends. And I'm glad you two are here on board doing this podcast with me because I don't think I could I could uh, think of any two other people that I'd love to do this with. So I thank you to to both of you um, for uh, for being here and committing yourself to the podcast. And um, here's to another uh, a thousand episodes. <laughs> I'm aiming high. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But uh, anytime. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. I really really appreciate. It. Like you know, like you know, we talked about this the other day, but you know, I I couldn't ask for a better group of folks to do this with than you guys. This is seriously this is just like i said it's, it's beyond words this is just so much fun i really appreciate it guys yep yep same here same here all right well that's the end of me taking the reins of the podcast and i will hand them back over to matt r to do the last final items here actually i, I think i think you should you should just take us out take us out oh i think so yeah yeah oh that's it uh, that's enough all right, that's enough. All right, we're all going home. All right, goodbye. Okay. <laughs> but uh, 
But, uh, well, let's start off with here. Um, Matt R., where can folks find you? Well, you can find me on YouTube at West Chicago Monterey Road. I'm on Facebook under the same name. And you can find me on Instagram as WCMRR. Awesome, awesome. And then Matt Z., where can folks find you? You can find me on YouTube under Matt-TrainLover9943. Also find me on Facebook under the same name. I'm also on Instagram under mats.hobbies. Awesome. Awesome. And you can find me at Audemus on YouTube. That's A-U-D-A-M-U-S. You can find me there uh, screaming at inanimate objects, getting hit in the face with boxes, and occasionally talking trains. You can also find me on Instagram at Audemus underscore trains, where I am significantly more active than I am on my YouTube channel, though I probably should post more. Uh, you can also find me on the Matt and Matt O-Skill podcast Discord server, where I will occasionally be in the voice chat and trolling through the comments and Giving you a thumbs up on trains, I think, are cool. But with that, uh, thank you once again, Matt and Matt, for letting me take control of the podcast. Uh, I refuse to give it back to you guys. This is mine now, and I'm running away with it. So with that said, uh, take care, everyone. Have a good night. Right, take good care. Night, everybody. Good evening, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to episode 20, excuse me, I can't talk, 